just right back to Ali Deluded, I'm back again. Come on, Ian. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> There's the noise that I can bring back. I've been given, What's going on there? Are we live? Of course we're live. People deluded, I'm back again. I can't lie, Bav. They're on to you, man. They said we have to make it a regular thing. They <laughs> said they want you back. I said I would try. Obviously, you was on it. How you doing, my bro? What are you saying, man? All good, man. Can't complain after our last result. You know, uh, weekend was nice. So, uh, yeah, all happy, man. Smiles. Save it, man. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it, man. People, if you're listening, smash the like button. Obviously, if you're on YouTube, I can't imagine you don't know who Babs is already, but his name is in the title. Slap the subscribe button. Look at his content. I mean, he does better content than a lot of the major Sky Sports and all of them sort of things there, man. So, yeah, happy to have you, my bro. You know, you kind of alluded to it. Let's just jump straight into the obvious. We beat the scum, we beat the Spurs. You know what they say, Arsenal, you know, beat the small team. So maybe there is a lot of tests left, man. What are you saying in relation to the derby, man? What's all your thoughts, man? Don't hold back. Light work, man. Light work. Easy. Easy, man. What's this Conte talk talking about? I mean, it was easy. It was as expected. Um, and to be fair, we always beat Spurs at home. But um, look, I can, I can kind of see where people say we've not been tested yet. We've not played and beaten a team that's above us. So it's hard, isn't it? So if we beat a team that's above us, then maybe. But it's kind of, you know, the teams have to get there first. But um, yeah, in terms of Spurs themselves, as expected, they parked the bus. They're, they're very scared. They're very timid. And we, we took them apart. Um, there were little moments here and there we can improve upon. But in all honesty, the real footballing team won. And um, I've said a few things Amen. on Twitter. I'm not going to I'm not gonna say it here because it's, it's not for the good for the CPM and that. But Spurs are not a good team. Spurs are not a good team. They play a very boring playing style of football and if I, if they were my team obviously they're not thankfully but if they were my team my team play like them then I'd be very angry would you do you, obviously what have you made of this because again not to make obviously beyond the obvious not to attack Spurs fans but I just feel Spurs fans that I know Spurs fans on Twitter it was clear to see the football is not sustainable it doesn't mean Conte can't put results in it doesn't mean they can't have a good season etc but it just felt like every answer to every problem for a long time was we've got content we're getting results you're always getting results until you're not so where, where do you stand with the way they play obviously they do part the pass and all of these things and it weren't it weren't pretty to score to see the only goal they really scored was against the run of players you saw we caught we were we were caught and went in an attacking transition we gave away a penalty there was i would say the only time they really looked like scoring beyond that maybe the closing stages of the first half but as you said we completely stunned them in every area really and i what i, I and i'm sure you find it annoying as well People always big up these games. They bigged up, no disrespect to anyone apart from Spurs, but the Spurs, the Brentford games, the Palace games, they always big it up. It's a big test. It's this, that and the other. We come through it on the better side. Then it, it's the focus starts to shift to how poor these teams were, which has nothing to do with us. We prepared well. We got the result. We keep it moving. No, I 100% agree. And I think the way Spurs play, they play like a small team. They do. You know, I the way they played is they play for others' mistakes. They don't they're not proactive. Arsenal are a proactive team. And if mm. you look at the way Spurs played, it remind me a bit of how you see Steve Bruce's Newcastle come to the Emirates. Kind of hope for the best, you know. No, that's what it is. It seriously is. They've right, got some quality players. But it's like, yo, you know, we'll give you the ball because you're the better team. We can't play like you can. So you have the ball. And hopefully, if you make a mistake, we'll counterattack. That's not how a big team plays. If you want to win a league title, if you look at what City have done, what Liverpool have done, you have to be proactive. You have to take it to the opposition. And I guess it's away from home. I understand. But even at home, even in the game against Leicester, I know they won that game. because Frankfurt it's yesterday. And Frankfurt yesterday. They get dominated. They're too easy to keep the ball against. And this is why I keep saying to Spurs fans and any fans about Conte, great manager once upon a 
time, but his style is outdated. That pragmatic style, when you had Mourinho, it worked, but it doesn't work anymore. Get with the times now. Spurs' manager isn't that good. You know what? If Spurs had Tuchel, I'd be a bit more scared in terms of the long term because Tuchel actually plays a style of football which is a bit more modern in the sense if he likes to dominate games. Even if it doesn't work out, he likes to dominate games. Conte's style of football, the way Spurs played against Arsenal, even though it was so Wing average... That's how Conte wants to play. That's their, that's their style of football. It's not like he was, oh, Arsenal made them look poor. That's how they want to play. So, look, if that's how they, they want to play, then long may it continue because it is a really poor style of football. And like you said, man, long may it continue to, to, to last, really. And Conte's come out and already said, you know, that, oh, you know, we need better players and things. I remember a lot of Arsenal fans as well, they looked at Spurs' transfer market. I'm not knocking it. Perisic, a good signing. Confirmed the signing of of, of of Kulisewski. People do like Spence. And a lot of people were kind of criticising what they did and, and using it to knock us. And, I, and I'm sure you saw it. Um, I used to say, if we had a transfer window like them last summer, fans would kill us for it. I mean, they would kill the club for that. They wouldn't have been happy with that, really. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. And the thing with Spurs is just, they kind of just had a safe window. You know, free transfers, experienced players. There was no, like profile they target that really boosts that first Shout team Richarlison well, yeah, yeah you know th these are players that just sit on the bench you know Richard if Kulisevsky's fit Richarlison doesn't start so you have they haven't signed that many starters Paris is just a good player but how many years is he going to be a good player for he's still at 30 33 34 or even older mm -hmm. so um yeah I think Spurs' window was very overrated and I said this at the time I got cooked for it but it's turning out to be a little bit true boy you know <laughs> you saw that you saw the future focusing on Arsenal you know, you kind of said there were some things that we could have improved. Before we talk about the positives beyond the obvious, what do you feel could have improved against Spurs? Look, it's hard because they are a good team in transition and it's very hard to control those scenarios. But I mm. think even in the terms of our passing forwards, we weren't at our best. We were good, but not at our sparkling best. So I think just being a bit quicker on the ball at home, especially in a North London derby, I would have liked that a little bit more. And also in terms of the defensive transition, I think we were good in most aspects, but little mistakes. Like mm. you see for Spurs' goal, the goal they scored, Xhaka could clear that ball. I know it's an initial mistake anyways. We lose the ball and they counter-attack, but we get the ball back. Right. We make a good save and all Xhaka has to do is clear the ball. Clear the ball and we're away from it. So I think there's little mistakes there and here and there, but it, apart from that, I can't really complain because the idea was correct. Even, and the principles are correct. It was just a matter of a little a little bit of execution, a bit of experience of control as well. Um, after we scored our goal, which was fantastic, that first goal, it was more about let's take it back to Spurs rather than give them the ball. So uh, just that little moment, I think from minute, what was it, after we scored minute 15 to minute 45, or there and thereabouts, Arsenal can be a little bit better. But apart from that, I like the ideas. And like you mentioned with Granite Xhaka, one thing I liked about Xhaka, and you've probably seen it yourself, the emerging sort of dialogue around it. I feel, you know, how the way he galvanised and he's actually come out when we scored, he said that the first goal, he said, calm down, we're going to score some more. Yeah. It's not done. Yeah. I mean, every Arsenal fan's a Xhaka fanboy at this moment, but it's hard not to like the guy. Happy he's got player of the month. Happy people can accept that. He's probably not what we need to go to the next level, but he definitely has a role here. And right now we need him in it. God forbid he gets no injuries and that extends to everyone. As you mentioned with Granit Xhaka, he could have cleared the ball. Gabriel, as I always say, I love the guy, but you've got to kind of phase these moments out. You played a stupid game, you won a stupid prize, didn't need to slide. We were caught seven versus three. I remember Saka lost the ball. Son and Kane have played a one-two. Zinchenko's not back at left-back. It's gone out to Richarlison. We initially, Ramsdale and Saliba have done enough. Saliba's headed it and then you've kind of alluded to the rest. So that was an improvement for me. I feel if I'm really harsh, like you said, I actually a bit different from you. I think we played quite well on the ball. I think we was popping it. Uh, I think we started well in the first 20 minutes and we, you know, Partey scored a banger. If I'm really harsh, it took a fantastic effort from Partey for us to take the lead. So to go to that next level, we need to take the, you know, the defensive problems that we did have minimised in this game and before us and apply it and probably create some more clear-cut chances because it shouldn't take mm -hmm. a banger from Partey to take the lead in that game. But, you know, I do think when you do the right things, when you train right, when you react to setbacks, as we have been doing this season, you do get the favourable decisions, you know. Where do you stand on the red card? As a, you know, before you say it, some people may say you're biased and things, and me the same. I thought it was a yellow card when I first saw it. Second note, second time, it's clear red. I don't know why his boots that high. He's going, Martinelli's running away from goal. Why Emerson did that? You tell me. I don't know, but I don't care. It's one of those challenges, right, where if it's given a yellow card, you kind of go, oh, he's, he's a bit lucky, right? Mm. But when he's given a red card, there's no clear and obvious error. 
because it is mm. one of those challenges in between. It's not an out and out red card, and it's not really a yellow card. It's kind of in between. It's an orange card, right? Mm. Mm. So it was one of those where he gave the referee a choice to make. The referee made the choice. It was a red card, and mm. I don't think VAR can look at that and then say, okay, that was a clear and obvious error because it wasn't. It was look. It was one of those bad challenges. And so yeah, I think apart from that though, in that second half, that red card was just a part of it. Arsenal made Spurs play like that. You know, we forced them into errors. The goal that we scored, Lloris, for example, the pressure that Arsenal putting on them, that was going to happen. giving the ball away from the goal kick. Exactly. Really. And it just goes to show when you play with the right ideas, the right principles, and you keep trying in the right way, things undergo, things will go your way. Amen. Rather than sitting back and, you know, parking the bus like another man. Exactly. <laughs> I love them slightly indirect. And just on that, one thing I liked is Gabriel Jesus. Like, the goal isn't glamorous, but they all count. You don't get brownie points for scoring bangers. They all count in it. I like the way he followed through, whether it was Lloris, whether it was Romero, best centre-back in the league, according to them. You know, we took advantage of it. Who would you give man of the match to? Because I don't think I can pick one, you know. I think there's bare guys who could say that that's theirs. I think there's Saliba. I think there's Shaka. I think Partey was good. I think Jesus was good. I think Saka was a brilliant... I think everyone was good, really. You know, yeah. the lowest rated player probably Ramsdale, and in a nice way because he didn't have much to do because of what no. he did. Um, I'd give it to, I'd give it Saliba. I know Partey was amazing. I know Xhaka was good as well. But Saliba, in his first ever North London derby, up against Harry Kane, the guy's 21 and he was walking him. He was Not walking him, you know. And players as well. I mean, to do that in that game, I think now what we're seeing more and more is even rival fans are saying to Arsenal fans, right, you got to play it. And when mm. the rival fans acknowledge there's something special going on, I heard some United fans calling him generational. That's United fans. They don't like oh. Arsenal. So if they're calling him generational, he better be generational. Actually, they don't know much ball, so we're not actually sure about that. But like, he's like, a good player. They don't know much football. You know what yeah. I mean? They, but Saliba, for me, in his first ever one, and the way he played it, he was so assured, like so calm. He was playing with arrogance. It's like, this is easy for him. It's like In a nice way of arrogance, yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm I mean, so prepared. I'm ready for yeah. this. I've been waiting years for this, and it's lovely to see him. And we've, you know, you probably remember the, the, you know, the opening video when we signed him on the plane and things. We've been, some, one minute he's leaving, then he's staying, then he's leaving. He's been linked with everyone, even to this day. We just got to get him tied down. Fantastic centre-back. There will be tough moments, but there's good problems. Where are you at with Gabriel, man? Because I do think Gabriel is now becoming a bit scapegoated. I do think errors are blown out of proportion, but we can't deny it. He does have that bozo gene. He does have that mistake in him. And I do think it needs to be... We can't, I'm pretty sure we spoke about this in the last stream. I think it needs to be phased out a tiny bit, but he's still my guy. No, he, he does. It does need to be phased out. But I think his mistakes get, you know, people look into it more because Arsenal are playing better. The team is better. So he's not like he's a bad player. He's actually a pretty decent player. But you look at Saliba and how good he is and how good Ben White's been as well. And it just makes Gabriel look a little bit worse than he actually is. Um, he doesn't make that many mistakes. It's just as one of mistakes. But it's because Saliba makes no mistakes. And neither does Gabriel or Ben White. And he's been good as well, man. He's been good exactly. this season for me, Gabriel. But... For for Gabriel to be like that good, or I say good enough, and still people kind of question him. I think fans' standards are getting higher. They're seeing better centre backs in the club. With all due respect, Saliba, Ben White, who are better for me in my opinion, especially in the defensive, not making mistakes kind of thing. And I think fans want higher standards. But I think the fact that he's been our worst player, if you want to call it that, right, and he's been pretty good as well. It just goes to show that our team's been pretty good. Um, but yeah, in in Gabriel's sake. I think he has to be careful, but he is still 24, I want to say. So he's not old. You know, he's still got a long time to go. Um, and centre-backs normally peak at 28 anyways. You look at what Van Dijk was at 24, where he is now. He's not the same player. Great so, um, exactly. Give him some time, I'd say, at Arsenal. And uh, there's not many good left-footed centre-backs in the world anyways. There's a reason why he was wanted by Juventus, Barca and the Sun. Because Gabriel was one of the best left-footed centre-backs on the ball. Um, so he's not perfect, but I don't expect him to be either. I just think it's because we've got this top centre-back next to him who's like a beast, right? And fans just put him into different standards. And I think Gabriel could be a beast in his own right. I, I'm a big fan of Gabriel. Like we can all admit the rough patches. I do think people have overblown it. I do think he's been good in his in his own way. I think one thing that goes against him definitely, as you mentioned, Ben White, G Gabriel. If you look at his passing metrics and things, they're quite good. They're almost on par with Saliba's. It's just he's a bit more rough and rugged. He doesn't look as polished or as pretty on in in that regards. And Gabriel's been for the last two seasons one of our best performing players. So I'm happy for it. But as you said, I'm happy the standards are rising. I'm happy there's pressures. You know, I don't know if Tommy Asu will ever get in. But Arteta says you can't tell me what his stronger foot is. If I look at it, Tommy Asu might one day be able to play, or if we could get another centre back that could go in. So. It's lovely. And what I love the most is, like you said, he's near enough his early to mid-20s. Saliba's a couple of years younger than him. Probably naive to expect them to be here for 
like bare years and that, but they're growing, they're blossoming, they're only at their, it can only get better, sort of thing for these guys, man. Hopefully, man, hopefully. And uh, do you know what Tommy Asu and Gabriel and Saliba? They're all six foot three plus. We've got giants in our team now. I saw the team photo yesterday and I'm like, raw. We've got man mountains here. And I like that. You know, too, too long, Arsenal were too small. We've got players now that are massive. They got we've got powerhouses. And that's what we need, man. On the topic of it, shout out S for this question. He said, Big up DG and Babs. Are you guys worried about Saliba's contract situation? He's so good. We have to do whatever it takes to keep him long term. But I bet Madrid and Barca are going to be lurking. For me, obviously, it's a testament, isn't it? You know, when we had rubbish players, we never had to worry if they're about deals. But good players are always going to be monitored when you hear Martinelli, Chelsea are looking at him and all these others, Saka with City, Saliba, if you type it in, Barca wanted to him, wanted to sign him if they didn't get Conde, AC Milan tried, Marseille tried. Of course, he's 21, he's got a lot to improve on, but he's only going to get better. He truly is a Rolls Royce of a centre-back. And maybe one day, you know, it's probably naive to expect if Gabriel, Gabriel the centre-back, Martinelli, Saliba, Saka, if these guys go to where we want them to go to not all of them are going to stay if we can get top money reinvest and find the next ones it is what it is man are you worried about Saliba signing new deal and not just him on that Saka Martinelli and, and him actually no not really um I think most of the contracts have been mutually agreed anyways I think it's just a matter of the agents are being clever the longer they wait make Arsenal wait the more money they're going to get right if you're Saliba's case yeah, if you sign a contract man. now then you wait till the end of the season you're going to get like probably uh I don't know, maybe fifty thousand more more pounds at the end of the season because of the way he's playing. So and um, as well, and you're exactly. a French international, which you wasn't you when you when you played. When so you football's about football contract negotiations are a waiting game. I still think they all sign contracts, and it's just a matter of how much money Arsenal are going to pay them. Um, but you know, it's a good problem to have, I'd say, in a way that teams Amen. want them because you know good players are wanted by good teams, and Arsenal are a good team. So um, as long as Amen. Arsenal keep improving and keep challenging, I don't see why these guys would want to leave Arsenal. And I think one of the most kind of just you, you kind of trigger the thought. I think one of the best things of that now is, you know, obviously fans can only go off what they see. I can't. I, I did. I do think a lot of fans don't understand youth development, especially around Saliba. I do share their opinion that when we had them joke man players, maybe he could have played. But sometimes you need to be away from the environment and just given that scope to grow, not talked as the next big guy or the next, you know, a, a flop a game to game. And I think we played it right. And I just feel where you look at Saliba, you know, Arteta's shown he does know what he's doing. When Martinelli, he does know what he's doing and several others. You know, what do you make of the performances of Martinelli and Saka as well? Because Saka, I think he's playing very well and he did against Spurs. Still not got a goal or the goals or assist ratio to really match it and let the casuals leave him alone. But I think they're in, like everybody, they're integral to our victory. No, they are. They, they are... See, when Mikel when he worked at City, he had two wide forwards that he coached really and truly. And they, they, they will tell you that as well. Sterling and Sané. And they were top players, right? Those those two wide forwards terrorise so many teams. At Arsenal mm. now, we've got our two little ones developing, Saka and Martinelli. And they're both just so good 1v1. They are touchdown wide forwards. They can come inside. They can cause team issues. And I think what I like the most about both of them is they're so physically good, they can ride contact. You know, he's when you come strong as well, especially exactly he looks a lot smaller on TV than he actually is. He's like six foot and that. Uh, and then Saliba, I think with not Saliba, Martinelli, I think we see even more that more now this season. I think he's completed the most dribbles in the entire Premier League. He's and got like a seven. Right foot. I saw an interview. He said I've been square with my left. That was interesting. Yeah. You know, when he's right, I mean, red, he's on crack. He's got uh, four goals and assists, and I think he could have more assists as well if players are taking their chances. And that physical development is just confidence. These players are getting more confident with their bodies. They are understanding now that we can take players on Amen. and we are better than you, right? And that confidence will give you arrogance eventually. And if you can use that in the right way, you've got top players in the making. The guys are both under 21. You know, that's the crazy part. And they're doing this right now. So give them two more years, three more years, when they're even better physically developed and even more experienced. And we're talking some top, top ballers here. Like you said, man, top ballers. I think the only, we'll get onto it later, but I think the only thing that could kind of a cloud over this sunshine would probably be depth if we lose a couple of players we're in trouble like party bossed it jack has never injured and you hope that continues that's probably the only way i could see arsenal kind of failing really and as you said fantastic performances we've got fantastic problems in and around the team now if you're not really doing your job you might not play if you get injured like with tommy Asu, where you've done nothing wrong ben white's just taking his chance same with martinelli if smith rose fit you probably have to hold the bench and things like that. So it's a it's a it's a crazy one. Obviously, to circle back on Xhaka, you know, I can't imagine both of us have given him his flowers. Would you say Xhaka's our most important player? And what do you make of him obviously getting player of the month, which is his first time in his tenure here, man? Quite the I'd say he's been he's been our most improved player. Wouldn't hmm. say he's the most important just 
by the fact that we don't have any other number sixes when Partey's not playing, so that makes him most important. Um, but yeah, Xhaka has been our most improved player. So if there was an award for that, I'd give it to that to him. But he's still got the whole season to go. We can't just give him his flowers and let him go. That's fine. We've got a whole, you know, 20 plus games to play. Let him do it for the rest of the season and, you know, give him flowers. Wait wait for the flowers until the end of the season. But yeah, I think he's been, he is important, of course. There's a reason why he started under Arteta, Emery, Wenger. He's a good player, right? These managers are top managers. They don't start players for nothing. So um, I think he's an important player. I just think there will be a, a stage where Arsenal might evolve past him, which I say that, but he keeps evolving as well. So you, you're never quite sure about that. But I think if Arsenal want to become uh, even more a better team going forwards, there might be a stage in the season where you might have Fabio Vieira and Odegaard or Smith Rowe in the same team. Um, and that's where Xhaka I'd might be. i see that long term. Yeah, man. Like we exactly. did it against Brighton or what we did at Brighton at home where you had to think it, we weren't ready, but you had uh, uh, Lokonga as the lone six, rotating yeah. eights of Odegaard and Smith Rowe. I don't think any of them are we're not ready to play that trio, but long term, I do, I do like that. Obviously, with that being said, then, do you think we need another midfielder? We do, as a number six, hundred percent. I think that's that's. If we can sign a number six and a top quality number six in January, then my ambitions this season become even higher. I'm thinking not maybe maybe challenging if you're lucky, but a second place minimum. Like, if we can get a top number six to back up Partey and, and rotate with him. Um, I think I've heard some reports that the Cronkies want to invest money again. And if it, it depends on how much they want to invest. Can they bring the summer plans forwards to January? If you can do that and sign a top quality number six, when you've got... See, a right wing, we've got one player that can play there in Marquinhos. And you can play Jesus there. You can play other players there. Smith-Rowe can play there as well. But in number six, it's only Partey. Lokonga can do a job, but he's not as good. There's he's a massive ready, quality drop-off. Right exactly. So I think it. if you get a top quality number six in, that's where I think we need that midfielder. You don't think we need an eight at all? Maybe we do, but it depends on how Smith-Rowe develops. Because Smith-Rowe, I think long-term is a number eight. Right, Same. I think that's what Arteta sees him. So if, if Smith-Rowe is your eight, if you sign one on top of him, you're kind of just putting him to one side again. So we've got Vieira, we've got Odegaard, we've got two similar right-footed players, left-footed players that can play on both sides. Get Smith-Rowe in there. Maybe, yeah, depending on how Lokonga develops as well, I think he's got a future as a number eight. Um, so maybe we need a number eight, but I think not in this January. Right now, the present priority is a number six. I hear, I hear you with that. You know, if you get Douglas, Louise or whatever, or whatever. For me personally, I would like two eights and a six. I just feel Smith Rowe would be part of the long-term, short, long-term and medium plans in that role. But he'd have to learn how to play that. I kind of want someone that does what Xhaka does, but to another level. And obviously, to a significantly lower level, you keep Xhaka for a couple of years. You've got Partey, you bring in a six, you've got Smith Rowe to be groomed there. And we're, and, we're, and Bob's kind of your uncle. And obviously, you've got a couple other men that can play there. You know, you mentioned something with Lukonga, and I think it's interesting. So I take it you see him as more of an eight than a six. Now, yeah. personally, I see him as someone that can play there. I just think where his issue is at this current moment is Xhaka's nailed down that spot. And like you said, you mentioned Smith Rowe. You've also got Fabio Vieira, Zinchenko and Odegaard, who, if some, God forbid, if something happened to Xhaka, I'm more going to lean towards them to play in that role. I do think he could learn to play as a six, but right now he kind of needs to just be at a level where he has to focus on his own game. I don't think he's mature enough, despite the fact he's 23, which is still young, to be able to show the discipline to play that role. And I, as much as I think I like Lukonga, I think, you know, he kind of plays a bit blinkered. He's not kind of aware. And anytime you're doing that, you're in problems really and truly. So, yeah, what makes you want to play him as an eight over a six? I just think as a six in his current game, he's not got the off-ball intensity. He's not as, you know, when he loses the ball, he's a bit like, ah, oh, just jog back kind of thing. You have On to be well, aggressive. Yeah. In weakness, you're right. So if you're like, like that, I think you can't be a six yet. Maybe when he develops and he's a bit more experienced, calm. But I think as an eight, he's given, you maximise his strengths, which he can carry the ball, he can play incisive passes going forwards. And in that final third, he can play some nice passes. We've seen do it you reckon before. he can do that consistently though? I think so. Eight. I think so. I think so. Because, you know, this guy's still 21 so or 22. Let him get a bit older, a couple more years, he can do that perfectly. And I think his long-term future for me is a box-to-box -box player as a number eight. That's what you yeah. maximise his strengths. Because uh, he, he can maximise his passing and he can be good defensively, but not relied upon to be the only lone player to just kind of play on the island. Um, so, yeah, I think his future is a number eight. And I also think his runs into the box are underrated. We saw it a bit in pre-season. That game against Chelsea, that last minute run. He can do that. And that's a, a, a top quality to have as a number eight. You're right, still. And, you know, I hope, look, I know, I, 
I'd say Gabriel's the scapegoat at this moment in time. I do feel people kind of write off Lokonga. I'd say for me, as you said, Lokonga's just got to have a bit more intensity and urgency in everything he's done. I can understand why, you know, at this time, there's not a single reason for any player to not be confident, but I can understand why he might not be confident. He does, I don't like to say it, but he does seem like a bit of a, a bit more of the softer players. So I'd say get yourself in check mentally, stay ready because your chance will come. And yeah, man, I, I do see a player in there. Obviously, we might come to a reality where, you know, the way we're going, what we need to do, we might not have time to wait or we might have to review the situation, what we're going to do with you. But you're speaking facts in that regards, man. So yeah, man, it is what it is. Would you ever consider a reality of loaning out Lokonga? Mm, maybe, maybe. We've seen Saliba, you know, go out alone and come back a better player. I think, yeah, you're right. It probably is the best way for him to grow in terms of experience. But I also think he's a bit, uh, it's a player that you can still use in a season. So it depends on how Arteta's season. But maybe, yeah, one season away on loan where he can play every every game like Saliba played and gain experience, he'll come back as a more complete player. Because Lukonga's got talent. He's just a bit rough around the edges. So actually, yeah, maybe loaning him out, getting him experience of a 38-game season elsewhere, starting week on, week out, it probably is the best way for him to actually grow. And that's what I think people forget, you know. I think people like, you know, people like we just spoke about Saliba, Saka, Martinelli and the rest of them. People see, you know, what they could be in the future. I don't like this world-class and generational tags because it doesn't help them, but there's them sort of tags there. And they forget if you're going to get there, you have to learn. You know, if you want to be a Michelin star chef, you're going to cut your hands a lot of times. And I think people forget that. So it's just about reviewing with Lukonga. You know, at the end of the day, he's contracted until 2026, signed for about 20-odd million you know, it's a, it might not be a significant outlay where transfer fees are considered in football, but like if you break it down in a budget, someone's done the scouting to deem he's, wor he's worthy of that. So I hope he can do a thing, man. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. I, I don't know if it's the same. It, it could be different. But I remember when Aaron Ramsey walked through this club, a lot of fans were very harsh on him. And you look at how it ended for him, people were in tears. So let's keep let's keep going, Lokonga, man. What I would say to Lokonga, you're in the team for a reason. You might not be ahead of Xhaka or Xhaka or any of them, or potentially a fit El Nene or any of the guys that the hybrid players the Zinchenko's Odegaard's Vieira's Smith Rose but your time will come it's just about taking it really you know nobody's given anything to Saliba the managers clearly had a conversation with you you've been doing your thing in pre-season you've taken your chance Martinelli you've taken your chance fair enough Tommy Asu could not stay fit Ben White has taken his spot ultimately taking his chance Zinchenko Tierney is very competitive Eddie and Ketia to a degree last season took his chance he's getting more money in it so your chance will come, but you just have to stay ready and things like that, which I think he will He will get there. But if he doesn't, he can make some money. Have you been paying any attention to Balogun and Tavares and the low knees and that? Not as much Tavares, but Balogun, he keeps on coming up on the timeline every week. He keeps scoring a goal. Uh, I think he's got six goals and two assists. And I saw something mm. like he's, he's getting a goal contribution every 70-so minutes. That's crazy. Um, and I think... He's a player that maybe needs another loan now. I don't think he'll be in the first team next season because um, we've got Nketiah and we've got Jesus. But I think if you give him another season out on loan, we can get even more goals, maybe at a better team, maybe at a Premier League team. Then you're not only just increasing his transfer value, but in terms of his first team involvement, their experience, if he comes into the first team, I think Ballinger's got a long-term future at Arsenal, I do. I think he can play as a false nine, he can play as a fox in the box. And as a modern-day number nine, he's got basically everything. He's got that pace, he's got the power, he can dribble as well, um, and he's a good finisher. Like you said there, and I think one thing I've liked about him is, you know, we live in a day and age where... You could score, you could, your general play might not be the best, but you could get 20 league goals and people are onto you. Or you could do the opposite of that, where you're good in terms of general play, but you don't score. We've seen those parallels with Aubameyang and Lacazette. I think it, I think with Balogun, he's built on the experience of the Middlesbrough, positive and negative. He's starting quite well. He's relishing the importance. Obviously, anytime you're near enough to top, near enough to top end of goal scorers in Liga, where you've got Messi, Neymar and them guys there hopefully towards the end, but you're doing all right. I think he's liking the importance. One thing I like as well, a bit like Saliba, is obviously, you know, they're going to make the timeline and things, but the, the casual fan is not going to be paying attention to them at their clubs as much as in the Prem, where, as we kind of said with, with Saliba, one minute you're a star, then you're not, then you're not a star, then you are. So I like it with Balogun. I share your opinion that, you know, probably needs to go out on one more loan or two more loans, see where he's at with that regard. But what I do like is that, you know, we've got him and obviously we just bought Tavares. They're tied down. So if they make it, great. If not, we make some decent change on them and we can reinvest that to the squad because not everyone here can make it. And I do think there is a scope for another guy that can play up front you know we're on the eve of Jesus anytime any game now until probably January game week 19 we're playing a dangerous game with Jesus and his fitness obviously Eddie and Ketty if he's the lone striker and something happens and Jesus ain't there 
there's no one available. You're probably looking at Martinelli back through the middle. So yeah, man, I'm keen to see. I'm keen to see what happens in that regard. Have you seen Ian Wright's comments about well, the short of it about big players already and waiting, provided we do get Champions League football. Yeah, man. Arsenal fans can start speculating. Um, listen, Wrighty's been told something clearly, so you know I want to know what Wrighty's been told, innit? You know Wrighty personally, so ask him it, ask Wrighty. Drop Wrighty a WhatsApp or something. Give him a little voice note, Wrighty, who are you signing? <laughs> um, hey, but yeah, hey. I, I think um, look, I, there are players, look, we look at Arsenal right now, you think people that watch football, footballers that watch football, don't watch Arsenal play right now, the way we're playing, the way the fans are united, the, the manager's got the team playing. And they don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, Come on. Think, yeah I'll find that's an exciting. Yeah. If I'm a footballer and I'm watching Arsenal play on the TV, if I'm in a broader side and I see that type of football and the way the fans are just so united, I want to be a part of that. So all these top young players or players that want to play in the Champions League, they are waiting for Arsenal to get there because once we get there, with the the stature of the club, the size of the club, and the fact that we're, we're the culture club, aren't we? Right, we're the we're yeah, the club for the people. Definitely, yeah, we got the streets. So we, we got the streets. My God, grace. You know I mean? So we got the streets. Though we don't need champions. We got streets. So um, if we if Amen. we get that, we get into that Champions oh, League. And I, I think yeah, people are waiting. You know, look at the kits we got. We got beautiful kits. Players want to play in that kit. You know, Great, they want to post photos in that kits, kit. Like, you know what I mean? So um, that, yeah, I, I think there are certain players probably are that are waiting. Um, I don't know who they are. I know that fans are speculated. Declan Rice, uh, Jude Bellingham, players like that. Declan Rice, but, um, that come from? I heard that. Fans are yeah, speculating about Declan. I've seen, I've seen that. I've seen that. But I wouldn't mind a Rice at Arsenal. I think he'd be actually pretty good. He'd be expensive. Yeah, but Rice, but though, man. They've got I think, madness for him. Yeah, but he's got one year left on his contract in the summer. How much realistic? Well, obviously, we're not transfer men, but what sort of... Do you know what? I, I don't really care. If he improves the first team, the Cronkies pay it. I ain't paying it. They're paying, innit? it? It's them, them men are paying it. I'm just sitting Fair there watching enough. the product. So Fair if enough. it's 100 M's, pay 100 M's. I don't really care how much they pay for it. You go and pay your money. You got 100 M's. I just... And I, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's like someone paying for my, my food. I don't really care. You go pay for the food. I'll eat it, right? That's as simple as that. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I think uh, I've heard players like that, but yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, I think right, he's got um, he's got something in it. We got asks, we got to find a way to message him or something. Hopefully, him and Eddie on the back roads, you know, getting things done, dotting eyes and crossing T's and things, because we are, you know, obviously, if we do get in the Champions League, for me, in a nice way, then panic alarm should start in a nice way. We got to have even more urgency. Like we're gonna get into the Europa League talk, but on Thursday, if that's Champions League, you know, respectfully to. At this moment in time, Marquinhos, Lokonga, Eddie and Ketia, there's not really time to rotate like that in the Champs. You've got to play your strongest team in the Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, domestic league. You've got to do what you're doing as well. So it'd be interesting. SI, I apologise for leaving your comment up here. What have you said? We need a leader in the middle. Doesn't have to be a shouter. But we've had players like Paul Torres, Paul Davis. sorry, man said Paul Torres. I really want him as a left side of the day. Patrick Vieira and Gilberto Silva. Where's the next leader coming from? I, well, you know, you could bring in a leader. But I, I think, you know, the next leaders are being promoted within. I think there's many different ways of leading. I think you see Saka and Smith-Rowe, they've led by example. Gabriel, Jesus and Zinchenko instantly have come in. Granite Xhaka does what he needs to do. There's even things down to Cedric off the field, really and truly. You know, Ramsdale, I think's a big character. I don't think Ben White is the most vocal, but I think people act like they really, especially when you go to games, they kind of sleep on his, he, he talks, he opens his mind, he's galvanising people, he's, you know, he, he's got a, 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 a potty mouth as well. He lets his teammates have it. I'm a big fan of Ben White. And I saw that in the Chelsea game a couple of years ago in pre-season. You've got Tierney as well. You know, I think we have got ex we have got leaders. And if we're doing this youngster thing, we could bring in leaders, but we've got to promote leadership within. It's got to come natural. You know, Odegaard's our, our captain and he's got a wealth of experience to these young players. We all know it. The captain is Xhaka, respectfully to Odegaard. The captain is Xhaka in all but yeah. name. And you see him get the armband every now and again. So I'd just say we promote from within or do what we can in that regards, man. But the best way for leaders is to, you know, find that within yourself. Because Arteta can take these boys to the water. They've got to lead. And, you know, me and Bab spoke about it at the start. When you see when we scored our first goal against Chelsea, against Spurs, sorry, and you saw Xhaka leading, you heard what Odegaard had to say. The manager can only give you stuff. It's like being a boxer. The boxing coach can tell you, you know, you got a jab, you got to throw your left, you got a duck, you got to dive. But once you're in there, someone's just trying to take your head off and you have to draw the conclusions yourself. So, yeah, man. Apparently, this indie indie Carla guy said that Arsenal met with Rice reps explaining all the speculation. <laughs> Is that guy credible? I don't know, man. No, 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 he's not. He's not. So, yeah, it's probably cap. For what it's worth, I would take Declan Rice. The problem with Declan Rice is he's got the English tax. We paid that for Ramsdale and Ben White. Well, Ramsdale's forcing it and it works, but I just feel for Rice. Yeah, but as you say, as the last comment said, we want leaders, right? And he's a captain. 
So he is that leader profile. I look, I think find that though for what you know, you could, you could, no, you could, you could, you definitely could. But um, I think Premier League experience is important, and we, if we want to like win a title, we need level raises, right? Players that just instantly level, and I think with him and his experience, he will do that. He would do that in the team, and he's also always available. That's important. You look at Partey, he's always injured and stuff. That Rice is not. And he yeah, compares in the North, us, yeah. where you're almost surprised that he's fit, really. You're kind of always, you're with Partey now that you know he's a quality player. You're kind of just waiting to wake up one day, yeah, you know, exactly. and here he's out, really, which is yeah. kind of. Rice like, is a bit like Xhaka in a sense, he's always fit. He's always fit, he's always available. So I think he's a player that Arsenal might, might want to sign. I would like him at Arsenal, I've said it already, so I, I'd be for it. I mean, I'll be for it as well. But if it got to a certain price, I'd rather us just find somebody else and yeah. maybe reinvest that on more of a number eight or whatever Arteta wants, you know, put that extra bob towards the winger or something. What has Philippe said? What do you know about Arsenal wanting to buy other teams or building relationships with other teams? Where are you at with that comment, Broski? I've, see, I've seen it. Um, I've spoken about it as well. I think the Cronkies want to buy a club in Brazil and one in somewhere in Europe and I think look I, I, I like the idea you want to build like a, almost like a massive institute uh, like a like your own thing. yeah like a city group thing isn't it? you know you build your own empire and I think it works you know imagine you can have if you sign if Arsenal sign a young player want to loan him up you can loan him up to your team in Brazil loan him up to your team in Europe let them develop there play first few minutes and come to Arsenal well, yeah exactly and any players and in Brazil specifically I think we've already established a link with Sao Paulo any players they produce because we've got that link now we've got first dibs so we've seen Marquinhos already with that, what, £3 million? Pounds. It looks like a good little signing. Any players they produce, we could get first dibs and sign them uh, straight away. So we've seen it with Leipzig and Salzburg. Salzburg have released some top players, Thomas Sly, and now you've got Sesko, and they're going straight to Leipzig. So if they can mm. do it, why can't mm. we? Mm, you're right with that and that's and that's what we want to do especially if we're doing this emerging talent thing and you know and, and we don't have the money to go toe to toe with 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 the cities and whatnot i'm all for that I echo what you said i think we could share scouting expertise i think we could get around work permits i think we could you know there's marketing potential just growing the clubs it makes sense to try and have something in south america or in australia or in north america or in spain or wherever really because i think that's that's where it's going obviously as you said as well you can loan players out i think it makes a lot of sense really especially if we're doing this emerging talent thing i think we have to get into a scenario where potentially we buy young players they don't even touch the emirates and they're sold on for a significant profit that could be reinvested and things like that because i do think making profits to go with being in the champions league and the purse strings getting on um on unleashed i do think we need to start doing better at selling players you know again i do like how we've ripped up deals to a degree but it's a bad precedent to set you know in terms of significant outlays off the top of my head i'm not going to count oxlade chamberlain or a role because they weren't really here under edu and arteta joe willock was good money there, there must be one or two more but again we need significant outlays really you know there was a chance we could have sold Bellerin before them we could have got top money for Ainsley Maitland now I do think we need to do better at that regards I'm sure all clubs but yeah no, I so, agree, yeah man. that's where that that's 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 where I'm at with that obviously with us beating with us with us obviously winning against Spurs how confident are you for the game's head? Because so long October, as you know, Leeds away, Southampton away, in Forest. We've got at this moment time about four Europa League games, Liverpool at the weekend, which we're going to get into. It's going to be a big test mentally, physically, and it's going to test our consistency. And if we get through this, play, you know, I want to just get to January still having these conversations that we're having and the same sentiments that us Arsenal fans are having as well, really. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. Um, and that's because our players are fit. And when our players are fit and available, I think we can we, we can be any team in the league. So uh, I'm not really scared of Liverpool and Southampton away in these games because our players are fit. Take one player out of there, like a party or someone, then I'm a bit more scared. Um, so yeah, this game on the weekend against Liverpool, I think it's a perfect chance to set a narrative, you know. We beat Spurs, but we always beat Spurs at home. That happens every year. If you beat Liverpool... With 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 how they're struggling and stuff, and you know Arsenal already being first in the league. It's about you're time kind of, we beat them, man. You're Come setting on, a narrative man. that we are that new team to challenge C, because you could smack them out of the pot. It's at the Emirates. It's the prime time to imagine this game was at Anfield, right? It'd be a bit difficult, but it's at the Emirates. You've got a chance to take it to your ground. You're so good already as it is. Favorites, yeah. Take yeah. Take how many times in the past five years have Arsenal been favourites to beat Liverpool? Not many. If if this is the first, so you're the favourites for the first time in a while. It's at the Emirates. You're in form. They're out of form. Take it to them. Go and smash them. Like you'll go beat them emphatically, and then you set a narrative to the rest of the league that you are that new team to take on Man City. 
on that, where do you, we might as well preview the Liverpool game before we get into the Europa because you just set it up perfectly. Where are you at with that? Because I echo what you said. I do think cliche, but form goes out the window. I do think Liverpool, whenever they are hit, they always come roaring. And I do think we're beating Rangers. Sloppy win, but anytime you're struggling, you've won a game. Salah and Trent have found their goal-scoring boots. Nunes can't score, but I think he'll be a good physical test. I'm actually keen to see if we go with Zinchenko or Tierney out there as well, purely because, you know, Salah's been hogging the, the, the whip for, for Liverpool a lot more, and we know what Trent goes. You know, do we go with Martinelli? Martinelli on the left's going to have to put in a lot of work defensively as, as well, really, and I'm keen to see the gap between Tierney or Zinchenko and Gabriel, as well as how Xhaka and, to a degree, Martinelli fill into that as well. So, yeah, man, where are you at with that? And also, Klopp yesterday went 4 2 one could that be something to kind of mess us at our preparation going into Sunday I wouldn't look too much at the lack end because Rangers are a poor team they're not a good team right not a team that we could, so right. I don't think they're a good team right not not a Liverpool standard so Klopp just sold them as there for the taking let me go and play attackers and win that game and even in that game Rangers had some chances so even Rangers caused them some issues and that was at Anfield so at the Emirates Stadium Arsenal are by far the favourites with the current form we have with Liverpool, what you have is, even though they're out of form, their key players are fit, most of them at least. So it's a matter of maybe they click it one time, but I just think Arsenal have to win this. They have to win this game because it's at home. This is like the perfect opportunity. They're out of form, you're in form, you're at home, you're amazing at home, you're top of the league against a team that, you know, that's there for the taking. You go and beat them now. There's not a better time to go and get a result and a big result against Liverpool. You go back to the game last season, uh, at the Emirates and even though they won 2-0 it was a pretty close game in yeah, all the stats all the metrics down, yeah. and how many times did we see Martinelli beat Trent Alexander-Arnold get to the you know byline and there was no striker in the middle we've now got that movement in Jesus so you've got that little upgrade there Jesus, Sinchenko and parties available as well but also Trent versus Trent uh, versus uh, Martinelli that's going to be a battle He's out of form and Trent Martinelli's in form. He completes the most dribbles. And obviously, we know how Klopp loves Martinelli. He wants to adopt him. Um, it's Much one of like those Rodegaard, things. The way he's speaking now and half of players. Klopp, if you want to be the gaffer, just say it, man. If Arteta ever wants to walk away, we'll consider you, man. You're a nice yeah. guy. No, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm actually confident. And I, sh I know I shouldn't be because, you know, it, it come back to bite me. But if I'm not confident now when my team's winning games on top of the league and everyone's fit and available, then when can I be confident? You said it there, and I'm I'm a bit in two worlds. In one hand, I'm like you. I believe, you know, I wouldn't say you're overconfident. I wouldn't say I'm overconfident. You know, we've definitely gone into games, forget Liverpool, bottom half of the table, much less Liverpool, in worse form, worse sentiments. Everything's going good. You know, we're playing at home. We're in form. Players are playing well. And when things are going well, you can't wait for the next game and the form and all of that sort of stuff. So you are right, and I do agree. But on the other hand, I do think, we need to live to fight another day. Like you, I want to win, you know. I'd rather win two top six games and lose one against United than have, you know, just shaky performances. But I do think sometimes our fans and our and, and our gaffer, we, 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 I go back to the North London derby away from home last year, sometimes we kind of overrule ourselves and you do need to some degree live to fight another day. I would take a point, really, because a point against Liverpool is not the worst. As you said, though, the form they're in, to a degree, they're there for the taking as much as I feel form goes out the window and there's good battles there. Saka against Robertson or Timikas, who's ever fit. As you know, Martinelli and Trent is one for the ages. As I said, Martinelli, Xhaka, Gabriel, slash Zinchenko, Sastini. You're going to have your work cut out on that right-hand side. Midfield is probably even because their players are not really fit like that. They've got players that have been scoring goals against us. So it should be an interesting game. And you have to be able to show that you can, you can, you can somewhat win these games and things. As you said, and you made a great point, I wouldn't look too much into the Rangers game because now that you listed that, what a fantastic free kick from Trent and a penalty is really what saw them through. You take a win anytime you can get it when you're like Liverpool, really and truly. Is there any changes you would make? Because there are some people saying, do we go to a back three? Does Gabriel drop out and you put Ben White back at centre-back next to Saliba and play Tomiyasu? You know, Tierney or Zinchenko, where you at? And also, I think we got off topic. I think we got, have we got over that mental block against Liverpool as well? But yeah, man. Uh, I think in terms of lineups, changes I'd make, I don't think Arteta will change. I think he likes to keep his winning formulas. But that being said, Tierney probably is a better suit than uh, Zinchenko in this game. But, you know, Tierney would have started against Spurs if that was the case. You know, because yeah, Spurs aren't a team. They're, they're a team that's just just as good in transition. Yeah, but, but I think with Liverpool... a lot more, though. That's yeah, there you go. With, with Liverpool... He's going to have his... Or, 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 or Zinchenko, so he's going to have to defend a yeah, lot more. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Salah is not in his greatest form, but he is still a massive threat. Still so you Salah, have to... Yeah. 
yeah, you have to respect him. Um, but it depends on how Arteta wants to win this game. Is it let's kind of hit them in transition and let them come onto us, or is it let's dominate the game like we have been doing? And if that's the case, Zinchenko starts. He's the better player on the ball. Um, but yeah, Tierney is a better player. I'd, I'd stay. I'd keep the same team because I think they know how to play with each other right now, and it's you're, you're building dynamics. You don't you don't break them apart. But if uh, Tierney was to start, I wouldn't be against it. Um, in terms of the whole mental block. I think we have, you know, I think even last season, the two games against the two top teams, City and Liverpool at the Emirates, we were good in both of those games. And oh, we could have at the Emirates against City. Exactly. So we've already shown we can kind of go at that level with Lacazette as our striker. He's now gone with all due respect. you got Jesus and now you've got a better player there. So the team is more confident. Let's not forget we've also got William Saliba. That's a new signing mm. there and there. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I think uh, we have got over it, but obviously you have to do it first before I say it. I think obviously just because I'm I'm advocating attacking with what I'm about to say, obviously disclaimer, obviously it means you've got to defend and things like that. But I think previously, early like two years ago, a year ago for Liverpool, I think their biggest problem was breaking down a low block. Now I think it's when teams have a goal. And I think we kind of literally do what we did against Spurs. Obviously, it's going to be a different test. Liverpool are going to have a lot more of the ball. They're going to try to score. The transitions are going to have to be even more spot on. We're going to need our, as much as we're going to need Martinelli and Saka that way, we're going to need them to defend. We're going to have to win the midfield battle. We probably will concede like Liverpool, but we're just going to have to react to that. As you said, we do have to respect, you know, Salah, Trent, Jota, the guys that have been part of them and done it. But it, it, I do think it's more of a mental game than anything. If we just play the occasion and not necessarily play the team and not the occasion, I think we'll do all right in this. And, you know, I just want to live to fight another day. As much as I want to win, and as we both agree, never been a better time to play Liverpool. If you can't win, don't lose, like a famous ex-manager used to say. And I think if yeah. you show you can do things like that, then the mental block gives me a lot of confidence. And also, we've got to remember, they've got an extra day recovery on us, you know. Like, yeah, it might be Europa League, but we have to play somewhat key players. So, it's going to be a big yeah. thing. It depends on that. If Arsenal wrote, I could see an entire eleven being rotated. New goalkeeper. You really, you reckon? New, like, yeah, I could. Maybe apart from who though? You know, we've got eleven other players. No, we can. We can. You know, left, right back, for example, right, Tommy Asu right. for Ben White. Name the squad. Name the squad. Left back. Okay, we'll go for the team. We have got Turner in goal. We have got Tommy Asu right back. Left back Tierney. Centre backs you can play, uh, probably holding, and you might play Gabriel. You might play Gabriel. I think that's the one player we'll start. Um, and in midfield, you've got Lukonga, Vieira. You can play. You might play Xhaka there, but you can't. Yeah, so that's Xhaka and Gabriel there. See what I'm saying about we can't rotate. No, nah, but no, but most most of we can. Most of we can. The front yeah, three no, and no, Kettier. 100, 100. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah. But from most of it, Arsenal will have rotated. And I think you can play one or two players anyways. It, it won't be that bad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in that Liverpool game itself, I think with them, they will actually give us more chances because they're going to come on to Arsenal more. Spurs are actually better at just parking the bus and it's, it's harder to break down a deep block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, yeah. with Liverpool, you'll get those enough. times. So I think Arsenal actually get better chances against Liverpool. And if we take them, then I think it's an easy game or simple game, not easy. I can't lie, that's a great point, man. Now that you we've been talking a lot on transitions and I'm I'm trying I'm trying to really uh, really look at it and I think you you've really planted a seed in my head that yeah, man. But you're right. That's that's the thing. That's why I think we need more depth because players are going to have to play. I do like Arteta's approach based on what we hear that is listen, I'm playing my strongest team wherever I can. Let's do what we're doing. The quicker we qualify from the Europa League group, then all these young kids and other players that maybe don't even get into a rotated side who haven't been playing can get opportunities and things like that. You know, Glint's not going to be easy, even though they're not the most known known teams, man. Obviously, with that, beyond the obvious, you know, what do you expect on Thursday? Because they're a bit of an unknown entity. Not not too many people know anything about them, really. I'm excited, man. I, I want to just see Marquinhos play again. Like, I'm just excited for that. I mean, I don't know too much about Bodo Glimpse, but for Arsenal... Watching Fabio Vieira play, Marquinhos play. I actually mm. want to see Arsenal play more games. Maybe I'm very excited. And N- Nelson as well. So and Ketia as well. These are other players that I just want to see get minutes. And I think that's why, you know, I used to hate the Europa League and I still don't like it. But I think in these occasions with the players that Arsenal have that are not getting chances in the Premier League, I'm excited to see how they do in the Europa League. So um I'm looking forward to the game. And I think uh, Marquinhos specifically, the way he played in the last game was fantastic. So if he can have a similar performance, I think the game's at home at the Emirates Stadium. Mm, so it's a chance mm. to announce yourself in front of the Arsenal fan base. Um, so yeah, I'm actually pretty excited for it. That's a, good, that's a good point, man. He hasn't had, well, I know he's played in the Prem and he's seen Arsenal's away, away, away fans against Brentford. But yeah, can't imagine if any. I know he's been on the bench, but he's not really got to play on the carpet. So that should be good for him. Where are you at with Reese Nelson? Do you think it's... It's kind of over. Anything can things can change, but the way it's looking right now for you is it kind of over? It seems like he's got one last chance. He didn't leave. 
Smith Rowe is injured. I don't know how much football you're gonna play in Europa League, let alone the league, but we're gonna need a squad from now till Jan, even in yeah. the back of the World Cup. Mm. Where are you at with it? It's always hard to write off a player who's still what, 22, 23? Because yeah, players they, can still yeah. come on quite a bit after that. Um, but, you know, we've had so many, we've given him so many chances. He hasn't taken them or unfortunately been injured. Um, I think he's got a, yeah, it is a last chance. It is a last chance because his contract's expiring as well. So if he doesn't perform now, I don't expect for Arsenal to extend his contract. Um, and the fact there weren't that many Premier League teams that wanted to sign him, it's not promising. But I think there is a player there. We can't forget that he was the initial star boy under Wenger. I don't he think came that, through. I think that's what didn't help him, you know. Because when I look at Nelson, I think one thing that goes against him, I think he can play on the right. I think if you asked him, he'd prefer to play off the left or the 10. And he looks a bit like he's got that Hodgson a day thing where, and it's not a knock on him or to praise Saka. It's just, I think Saka is better at being told information. Like if you're my manager and you talk, and I'm Saka, I think you could tell him and he can retain it a bit more and do what he needs to do. I just think Nelson's, a, I don't like the word soft, but he looks a bit softer. He looks a bit... Like he kind of at times lacks a lot of confidence. And you saw it at Feyenoord, man. When he was confident, he was playing games. And I can't blame you for not somewhat knocking your confidence. But it looks like Marquinhos has overtaken you. In, in my opinion, we spent three million on him. He's kinder in terms of years. He may even go alone in January, but he's taking his chances. So I don't know, bro. That's what I'm asking. I don't know, man. Like I don't want it. I wanna I wanna give him a chance. It's just it's just that. Like you said, a great point. I don't think the next this, that and the third has helped him. I don't think it even helped. I think he could actually use Smith-Rowe because it took Smith-Rowe a while. He went long, long to Huddersfield off the back of a, you know, a not not too not too well of a long spell at Leipzig. And he's not looked back, really. No, no, he hasn't. To be fair, Nelson at a final is pretty good. And that's the thing. What have you said here, Graham? DG Bodie slash Glimp played Celtic last year. They sat in a lot and played on the break. They had a few place, pacey players that caused problems. Not sure if they've made changes this season. Graham, shout out yourself and your Scottish. Or shout out the Scottish scouts. Shout out the Tierney gang. Um, again, I know nothing. Babs knows nothing about them. You know, Anyone that knows about them, fair enough. But I don't know anything. The only thing I know is that they stunned Roma last year in Europe. I don't know if it's the same team. But I know that you need to respect them. I know the beautiful thing about football, to a degree, it doesn't matter who's the bigger club, who's the more recognised brand, who's got this, who's got that. Have you put more balls in the back of the opposition net? That's what win games. So sometimes there's a fear of an unknown. What I do know is, you know, let's. See, I want to see a better game than against Zurich. Can we be better? Can we get two wins from, from two in the group? And keep it moving. Anytime you're winning games, you know, not just the Premier League, but we're winning games in all comps with the exception of United. Keep the spirit going and just move forward in that regards for me. No, I agree. Really? I agree. Especially because, you know, I've seen it before. If you lose one game, even if it's not in the Premier League, it can just ruin the momentum. So you have to keep that going. Amen. You Obviously, one thing you kind of spoke about it. Where are you at with our reactions to setbacks? Because that's one thing I am proud of. One thing I have liked, you know, and you know, me, I've known you for a minute now. There's been times where, obviously, Arsenal would lose a game and whether it was Willian, Bellerin, these lot would be the full guys or it did look like these men might make mistakes and others and other players kind of hid. Now it's a thing where, like you saw with the penalty, like you've seen that several times this season, even in the loss to United, people just get on with it. You made a mistake, cool. I might make a mistake next week. We're just going to get on with it. We can get back in the game. I have liked that mental resilience. What have you made of, if you have seen any, the, the improved mental side? Because football is more of a mental game than anything, surely. No, it is. It is. I think the first game I saw that was against Leicester. We um, won the game, but every time Leicester scored, we'd, we'd score within like five minutes. That's the team that wants to bounce. It was like, you know, you know, clapping back straight away. I like that. Uh, against Fulham as well, we went behind, we, we won the game. These are things that we weren't seeing maybe as much in our well. And Villa as well. Where Arsenal would concede, you're kind of like, ah, oh, maybe maybe it's, this is the game. And even the Spurs game, you Arsenal concede, it's 1-1. Spurs come into it, maybe it's time for Arsenal. Maybe this is the game that kind of goes right. away. But Arsenal just keep coming back. And I think it's last year. All those games where Arsenal struggled, where Arsenal lost the game, they couldn't, they tried to get back into it, they couldn't get into it. They're learning. These young players are actually learning. And now with Jesus as well, you can see it. The moment Arsenal conceded that goal from kickoff, you can see him clapping, trying to get the team going again. And he's like, nah, score, he's doing all of this and all these things. I love it. I can't lie to you. Rams Ramsdale said it. These two players, Inchenko, Jesus, have brought in a different mentality. And the other players are learning. And they will eventually also become leaders. Facts, man. And I, I like that. Even even to the players that are not about, like, really and truly, like Rob Holding, I'm by no means a fan of Cedric, but 
when I read little, I'm, I'm, I call it as I see it. When I read little things, Cedric's taking people under his wing. I don't know if you want to learn football from him, but it seems like there's there's all different sort of leaders. There's different sorts of groups. You know, we're recognizing the different characters. There might be players you can shout at in front of everyone, and it's nothing. There's maybe players that maybe need a softer touch. You don't really ridicule them. Not that everyone's trying to in front of everybody. You take them to the side. And I do think there's leaderships of all groups. And I do think the mental aspect in these things, if it's done off the field, it correlates on it. You're seeing a lot, you're seeing a lot more togetherness, you know, you know, and things like that. You're seeing a lot more relationships between left backs and right wingers, and, and I mean right backs and right wingers on the left side as well, all over central midfield, players that have played, players that haven't, you know, it is it's 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 amazing to see, really and truly. And I just I for me, the biggest thing is. For a lot of many years, and you will know this yourself, the club has said things, not necessarily Arteta, but the club has said things, and it hasn't always matched. You know, you, the the best thing about football is you can't fool people all the time. It's on the football field. And I think a lot of the things that the club is saying, Edu, Arteta and the players, is correlated on the field. I think that's why even when Arsenal lose, you're seeing the fans make noise. The players are doing well, and ultimately... It's a more healthy environment, you know. We had we've had protests. I'm not saying these things can't happen again, but we've had protests. We've had this manager out, that manager out, this player that. You know, Granite Xhaka, the best example. It, it's great, and I hope the bubble doesn't burst and we keep going to kind of wrap up this live stream. You know, well, let's get into the transfers now. I'm pretty sure you you know I watched your your, your latest video, so you already know. Obviously, where do you stand on firstly Locatelli slash Lokonga swap deal links? Do you buy it? In theory, where would you be with that? Um, I think it'd be a, I mean, a good transfer. I think, look, I like Lokonga, but Locatelli's a better player. Um, mm. But I think Locatelli's a player we can sign without having to sell Lokonga. You can actually sell Lokonga. If you want to let him go, actually sell him for actual, actual money or yeah, loan him out yeah. first, in, increase, increase his value and then sell him out. But uh, Locatelli's a player that I think is the, almost one of the best Xhaka alternatives in terms of what he is. He's similar to Xhaka, but he's got a little bit more to his game. He did want him so to play as well. Yeah, I, I'd be really for that transfer. Um, and, you know, part of me is a bit like, oh, he kind of chose Juve over Arsenal in the first place. A bit spiteful to us to want him. But look, if he's a good player, I take him. And if he improves our team, I can't complain. And I'm with you with that, man. I just I just don't buy it because, you know, Locatelli, you heard you're a Juventus fan, all of this jazz. Why would you want to give it up after a year? Allegri, who's kind of said you're a bit part player, the way Juventus are going, you might not be there next year. Plus, I just, for me, I just don't, obviously, I like to see people signed and then we talk about them. But when it, anything that links our players with Italy or Italian-based players here... I'm more pessimistic than most because you know they've we we you've seen it already they've they they've they've had us quite a lot. Where are you at with Danilo? Danilo is a is a good little player. I don't know too much about him because I've not watched him play. But mm. uh, I speak to a few Brazilian fans and they they have him as the next big thing. Um, I'm a bit weary because I'm like he's 21 um, to come into the Premier League from straight out Brazil. Well. In January, and like, say if we had to call upon him, he might be good enough. I think, look, if Arteta believes he's good enough, he probably is. But I just kind of am a bit like he's so young, coming it's out of Brazil. Fair, is he? Is he exactly? Is he ready to go straight into the Prem and excel? And if Arsenal are, are fighting for top four, whatever, is he ready for there? So I think uh, I'd actually kind of low key prefer more of an experienced player who has a bit more to his game. Would you, Douglas Luiz? I don't think Louise is the better player long term, but in terms of the short term, for the price tag, I don't think you'd kind of say no to it. I think he's a player that you sign if you can't get others, if you can't get your main targets. He's available there for what, 10, 15 million pounds in January. His contract's expiring. Um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against it, but I wouldn't say he's my number one or even number two. I think he's one, like you said, like I think he can get better. I think he is a decent player. I think he's someone that earmark as more of an El Nene replacement. If you play yeah. fine, you're part of the depth. You're on the right side of 20. You're Brazilian. I don't like to say the Premier League proven, but you're Premier League proven. As you said, assuming they're on selling him for 15, 20 odd million, I'm for that. Where you at with, obviously, you know, we've been linked with Tossart, Telemans and Mudrick. So where you at with them three as well? Telemans, I think it will be more of a summer deal. I think on a free transfer, it will continue until he signs with someone else. That was, I don't know, man. I think if they were, maybe, because they have his bigger those people. So you don't speak to someone if you don't want to sign him. Um, and if he's available for a free transfer, I think it's one that you have to kind of take. You can't say no to Telemans on a free depending on how many wages he wants as well. Especially when, a, but if we're in a Champions League though, maybe Arsenal have different level of targets we can sign. And maybe they're kind of like, Tielemans, you're a good player, but we can get better. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's possible, but it's not something for January. Uh, for Mudrik, I think 
I like him as well, but he's a bit raw. He still is a bit raw. Um, and he'd be expensive. And do I expect for Arsenal to spend 50 million euros in January, unless we sell anyone, which I don't think we will, then uh, I'm not too sure about that either. I think it's a bit like, I like him, but we don't need him right now because he's not worth that, that sort of money right now. Um, Trossard, confirmation. Yeah, Trossard, I think I take him because he's, he's, I think he's a free in the summer, no? Yeah, so right. I think all his contracts. So he could be available. I don't think he'd leave in January uh, for a, you know for the price tag because Brighton want to keep him unless they can sign someone else. Um, maybe give him Nelson return kind of thing, little swap deal. Um, but uh, I think uh, Trossard, yeah, I think because of his experience and his age profile and that he's available for cheap, I think he'd be a good little transfer. I'm on that, man. I think there's a couple of deals to be done in January. Admittedly, some of the names we said you want to see better. Um, I don't think we get Telemans in January. I think it a lot depends on what we do with Granite Xhaka or Xhaka's plans, because as good as Xhaka is, I'm sure he'd want to stay in the Champions League, but he's contracted until 2024 with another year. Obviously, he didn't grow up in London or in Arsenal's academy. He might want to try a new experience, really. Pardon me. So I'm all for Telemans. I don't... I, the longer it's gone on, because as you said, we for the last two seasons, apparently we've been speaking to his agent, agent been at London Coley, all of that jazz. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't really think Locatelli, sorry, is a thing. I'd like Danilo, but like you said, I'm wary of the realness. And, you know, with him and Mudrick, you know, what, Danilo's linked for about 30, Mudrick's linked for 50. That's about 80 million on two players who could be good. You could bulk at the transfer fees or whatever and say, oh, maybe we should have. But it's a lot mid-season as well, especially when it's a high-pressure environment and you do have to give these young players taxes. I'm by no means an expert on Danilo, but just if you follow vaguely Brazilian football, he's kind of, maybe it's, I remember Camavinga had a kind of poor last season at Rennes. Maybe it's because of the speculation with another club, but his form's been a bit iffy. I think he's picked up a red card or two. For Mudrik, I like him, but I just feel everybody's an expert on Ukrainian football on him and, and Shakhtar. So if Arteta's done the scouting and whatever, then cool. I mean, fans can go and see him today against, you know, against Madrid. So yeah, I do like him, but they just want to make money. They've not hidden that. We want to sell my man to the highest bidder. And every day he is linked with other clubs. Nice, Brentford, Ars, Everton. We'll be here all day. Sevilla, Leverkusen. We'll be here all day, really and truly. You know, my last one in relation to the transfers before we wrap this up. Would you take Madison? And where do you stand with James Madison? Because I can't allow I, my fans I, I would love, I would love Madison. He's not needed, but I'm a fan yeah, still. I mean, who cares? He's a good player. Bring, bring him in. I, I think... Um, He's a player that he can improve our team straight away, our first team. And as a left-sided eight, a right-sided eight, he can play on both sides. He can play out wide as well. But he's just a top quality. He's, he's a ball striker. I want ball strikers. I want players that can bang it from outside the box. We see Partey do it. We see Vieira do it. Madison can do it to even a, a, a better well. extent. And, and Saliba as well. <laughs> so I, I like players that have an ability to strike a ball cleanly. And you see it with Spurs, how important it can be with Son. I think Madison can be that type of player for Arsenal. Where he can be a, at, the, at the scum, sadly, man. Uh, then I won't like him as much. But uh, I think, yeah, I, I would take him. I really would. I think he'd be a great player, but I just don't see him signing him. A man said, Odegaard will hold bench immediately if Madis came, though. I, I don't care. I don't know about that. It's, it's Odegaard FC. I think, I don't know about that. I like Madison. He's got the They're different players. Very different players. He can play as an eight, he can play as a 10, he can play out wide. I just feel for what Odegaard does off the ball, let alone on it, and the fact that he's Arteta's lieutenant and captain, it's yeah. a fallacy. But, you know, if he takes his spot and he takes his spot, he does his thing in it. It is well, it is really and truly. Obviously, my last question for you, um, Babs, what content you got to come today, tomorrow, whenever, man? What you got for them? It's just the Arsenal news right now. That's what we're doing. Um, and I think obviously tomorrow we've got the game, so we're going to do the five things you learned as well. So, yeah, it's just seeing what the Arsenal news is saying and kind of reporting it and hopefully people enjoy it. There you have it, man. And I can't imagine you don't know where to follow Babs. But if you're on YouTube, just click on his name in the username, in the user, in, in the title, better yet. Bob's your uncle there. Make sure you've got your notifications on for both of us. You're subscribing, you're hitting the like buttons, you're engaging, etc. Obviously, people, you look ask for Bab, I've got him back. You know, obviously, we need to make this a regular thing. We'll be in talks around such. Babs should do watch alongs. They're on to you. Money says you should be doing that. We did used to do that. Yeah, I just don't like screaming and shouting anymore. I'm past that. Like, you know, you can just clip up. Because in games, I'm just saying mad stuff. and I don't mean half of it. So I just think like, that's. I don't want that to be put out there. Maybe I will in the future, maybe on Twitch or something, but nah, not on YouTube. 
I hear you, man. I hear you. I hear you. But yeah, people, obviously, we'll probably do a review for the Liverpool game when the time comes next week if Babs is free. Other than that, we're out of here, people. You lot stay blessed, stay safe. I'm live at 7.40, I believe, because I'm doing a watch along for Chelsea Milan. We're all Milan fans for 90 minutes. Hopefully, you know, all the other British clubs can join us in Europa League. In fact, last, last, last question. Nothing set in stone, but you obviously watch the Champions League. You know, they could all go through, but right now, Chelsea, look, it looks like they could drop into Europa League. It looks like Spurs could. And one of Barca, Inter or Bayern, which is not going to be Bayern, has to drop in. How do you feel about potentially these teams dropping in? Yeah, it's going to be hard, but I'm, the more the merrier. Right now, I'm, I'm confident we can beat many teams in the, in the world. And if we can win the Europa League and beat some big teams in the process, I think, why not? And you said it there, man. I mean, there's no way you can't listen. There's no way of... There's no way of getting to finals and doing things, whether it's in the top four of FA Cup, Europa League, without bucking these big teams, you know. But you'd want to buck them earlier. And for me, I know it wasn't all under Arteta, but, you know, generally in the Europa League, you know, we failed against Chelsea in the final, failed against Villarreal, failed against Olympiacos, failed against Atletico. We need to prove to us ourselves that we can, once it gets to the knockouts, we can do our thing. Obviously, there's no knockout stages in the Premier League, but like you saw last year when it was Spurs, Newcastle around that period. That is a, almost a knockout stage. So we need to prove to ourselves that we can not only beat the best, but we can beat ourselves because our only enemy in life is ourselves. And I do think generally we still got it, but it's getting better. We do have this element of self-capitulation, which is slowly being eradicated. But, you know, it takes an eternity to promote good habits and, and unlearn bad ones. So we'll have to see. Hopefully by the next time we play, we 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 obviously play people. Or I link up with Babs again either on my channel or his, where we've got victories. What are you saying for, in fact, I keep saying this, but a real last question. Let's end it on a positive one. Predictions for the Liverpool game. You gassed me. I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal. You gassed me. I can't lie. I'm going to go the same result we got against Spurs. 3-1 Arsenal. Fuck it, people. So that should be a four-goal thriller. I'm not sure my heart can take it, especially during a watch-along. But yeah, that's us, man. Babs, one love for coming through again, man. Appreciate you because whenever I ask you to cut through, you never act up. So yeah, man. But people, we've been here for an hour and six minutes. Let's cut out, man. Yeah. Because there's always just that active right now. I've been given, like...